You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Welcome back to the Fair Game Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today's guest is a 25-year veteran in concessions. They have owned Hot Wisconsin Cheese since 1992. He joins us from his home today in Kiel, Wisconsin. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Randall Riker. Randall, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be on. I appreciate you coming on the show. You're uh, you're a concessionaire. We you were you'll be the second concessionaire we've had on the show this season. You guys must travel a lot. I mean, I, I'm an entertainer. You can we all do the same thing. We get our routes, we build it up, um, and we travel fair to fair. But for those folks listening who aren't familiar with hot Wisconsin cheese and what you guys do, um, give us an idea of like of what you're doing as a concessionaire and where you travel to do it. Okay, we are our our consist our route consists of three segments basically. Our we travel from uh, the middle of July in Indiana. We're in Indiana, July, August, September, and then we're down in Perry, Georgia. So the middle of July through the end of October is one section of our route. Then we have the Florida route, which begins in January and South Florida Fair, Florida State Fair, and uh, the Fort Myers Lee County Southwest Florida Fair. So that encompasses uh, January, February, and middle of March. And basically, and the third segment is our off time, which Got is uh, the time we are not working. So how many events do you typically do in a year? We do, right now, we currently do 17 events. 17 events. And for you know, folks listening, are those mostly 10-day fairs that you're doing? The majority of them are 10 days, yes. Got or it. Ten, yes, majority is, is, is our max. We do two 17-day fairs. And a couple of county fairs that are are five or six days. Is there one in all of that? I know we talked before the show um, a little bit about this, but is there one of all of your fairs you do that is your favorite to do? They all have their same different idiosyncrasies that uh, make them enjoyable. We've all the fairs we we like, and I really don't want to be prejudiced to one over the other, but they all have their pluses that we enjoy that we look forward to coming to every year. For sure. So you're based up in Wisconsin. Um, and I was just about to ask you when your season typically starts, but for year over year, typically would be January down in South Florida. Now that's a 17 day event. How does that, and it's consecutive. I've done it before as Conjure fortune machine. How mm-hmm. does that work for you guys being a 17 day event with no days off just back to back to back? I mean, that's got to take its toll being in one of those trailers. Yes and no. I mean, this is uh, one of the attractions of this business that was that when we work, we work. And when we have our off time, we have our off time. So the 17 straight days is uh, that's, you know, it's, it's fine. It doesn't bother me at all. You know what it is. You have the mindset and you just go. Right. Uh, so you, you said before the show, you had a couple of units um, that go yes. out there. How many people do you typically hire and do they travel with you or are you hiring local help also? We have been very fortunate as my wife and I, we have one key employee that uh, has been with us for a number of years and we have cultivated good local help uh, throughout the years. I mean, we've been at this for a while and now we're, we're seeing some kids of parents that we had working for us wow. which has uh, been very helpful in the summer we're in the stage right now we have uh, some nieces and nephews that are working with us that have gotten of age to to work and in Florida we find we get uh, 
we have concessionaires, some that work in the summer for other people. And we've been fortunate enough to get some of those that are good workers to work for us in the Florida route when with their, their main primary employer is not working. Right. And you're, you're considered an independent concessionaire, correct? You don't travel with a carnival. Correct. Got it. So let's go back to the beginning of this year. You know, this whole season we're talking about, you know, how this 2020 pandemic has um, kind of unfolded for all of us. And we want to share the 2020 story. So let's get into your 2020 story. Uh, Like you said before, you're gearing up for your 2020 season. You're rolling down to South Florida, to the Florida State Fair, and to the show in Fort Myers, Southwest Florida and Lee County Fair. Those, as I understand, all three of those fairs occurred, correct? Yes. We we did uh, South Florida Fair. We did Florida State Fair. Then our our manager, he went and did the uh, fair in Fort Myers. My wife and I chose to come home. And all of a sudden, towards the end of that fair, because the Plant City Strawberry Festival is going on at the same time, you started hearing these rumblings about COVID, coronavirus. And so we're keeping an eye on it. And the numbers sort of uh, were, were soft the second weekend and you know, keeping contact with Tyler. Well, what's going on? Well, he chose, he also did the Collier County Fair in Naples. Well, then uh, as he got set up there, they chose to stay open. I remember speaking with a friend of mine, uh, Tom Hodson, who was in the Houston Livestock Show, and I said, how's it going? It was his first year. He says, yeah, it's starting to go. Boom, the next day it shut down. And yeah, I was that just, was March uh, 11th, I believe. Right. And then Miami-Dade shut down. Then the Collier County Fair was went on the first weekend, and then I'm keeping contact with Tyler, and he uh, – what he does is is uh, gets a hold of me and says, "Hey, we got to be out of here now." And uh, so I ended up, I actually ended up flying down to to Naples and getting the equipment and driving it back to Wisconsin. And and that since then we have not, you know, all our fares have been canceled from then on. So, so some, was- somewhere in there, it must have hit you because I, you know, I've talked a lot on the show with other guests about I think January, February, and even the first week of March. A lot of us were watching this this COVID thing. It was starting to get talked about in the news. And, you know, I think being in the industry, the kind of the consensus from people I've talked to is we dealt with H1N1, you know, swine right. flu came through. We've dealt with these things before. So it was like, well, you know, maybe it'll be a little bit of a disruption. And then all of a sudden, March 6th comes along and Austin cancels South by Southwest, which is a massive event. Houston mm-hmm. Livestock Show cancels. And the dominoes start falling. What point in there did you go, oh, this is going to be a big deal all year long? I did not feel that way initially because we had our, we, from a personal standpoint, we had our Florida route in. So we didn't really start out till Tyler did some events in, in uh, early June. And my wife and I don't go till July. So we we're hoping, okay, we have a couple months of breathing time to, you know, maybe this will resolve itself out. But all of a sudden, kept in contact with a few fair managers in Indiana and suddenly you, you know, there was a domino effect. And I know you referred that to that in your other podcasts. And so then it was like, okay, thank God that uh, we've taken some certain steps. Okay. How are we going to do this? And we actually got together with Tyler and said, okay, no matter what happens, you're, you know, the three of us are going to work to go get through this. And we were able to take care of our employee, Tyler, which 
we're both are proud of that. That was that was the main thing, and you know kept and we plowed away. Tyler did some things in uh, Indiana around fairgrounds that we built a good reputation over thirty or forty years, and did some. You know what? You had to put your hustle pants on a little bit. And when I received the received the email from Indiana State Fair that was no longer going on, that was our busiest event. I looked at my wife and I said, "Well." Let's load the horses and go to Montana for a couple of weeks. And that's what we did in August. It was, uh, we held out hope for Georgia National Fair in Perry because Georgia was pretty much open. Right. But then. At and the you're looking August, at October at that point, you know, you're hoping that maybe right. September it clears out and we're good to go. Right. So the only event we, that we did, uh, Georgia National Fair had a flavor of the fair for four days in October and four days in November which worked out nice. I had one of my piece of equipment already winterized to spend the winter in Wisconsin instead of Florida. Thinking, okay, I didn't know what's going on with the Florida fairs, but to date, um, I've got the green light on South Florida fair. I have the green light on uh, the Florida state fair and a green line on Fort Myers. So hopefully that holds, but right now I've moved all my equipment uh, in those areas. So hopefully I don't have to go back and bring it back with, with, nothing in a money bag. <laughs> so, um, this time of year, um, your winter temperatures are starting to plummet in Wisconsin. Obviously there's not places you can just set up in Wisconsin. Right. What are, what are your options for, uh, for a concessionaire when you're to get through the winter? I mean, obviously if you're a concessionaire in Florida, you probably can still, I know some places still do like fair food drive-throughs or things like that. What are your options to get through the winter? Well, right now our options are we, I have both of our trailers in the Florida area. So, and, we're, and, and Tyler, our manager is living down there. So if things do get canceled, we're going to, we'll figure, we'll figure things out. We're people in this fair industry, as well as you know, are, we, we can be resourceful. Yes. We need be. And um, we'll be all right. Um, I, I'm not happy about it. I'm more concerned about Tyler because he's going to be like the next, next generation of concessionaire that he's, you know, he's a young man, he's 27 getting into this business. You know, I'm being a little bit older. We're, we're, we're all right. Well, I mean, it's not pleasant, but it's like, okay, we're not going to lose our home. Good. Yeah. That's good to know. I, I know that, you know, one of the, smartest things that Sarah and I were able to do. And it was just fortuitous that it worked out this way is last September, a year ago. So September of 19, we were able to pay off all of our business debt from play with giants and developing these attractions sure. and that to not have that sitting over your head when you basically have gone completely unemployed for a year. I mean, that's a really big thing. And, and I know this can put all kinds of stress um, on us as business owners what kind of stress is this put on you as a business owner? I mean, you mentioned you're worried about Tyler. What else is going on with you? Um, I might have to work a few more extra years before I, whatever retirement is. But the biggest concern I had is my wife and I said, thank God that uh, this didn't happen 15 or 20 years ago when we had big notes and big equipment. And we're at a stage where we were things where majority of our equipment is paid off where it's, it's not a, st a stress that way. There are some younger people, and I reached out to some that have started out, you know, they spent $250,000 on a new concession trailer, you know, how suddenly all their events are canceled. And, you know, 
I think some of the financial institutions are we're working with them because obviously they're in a situation where they cannot control what's going on. And a number of them did some things to hustle. I know, and I was happy. I'm more, I was more concerned with the younger concessionaires. I know we had a couple, two different concessionaires stay up at our place from Florida because they're not used to being in Florida. It was very hot and they usually do Wisconsin fares. So they stayed with us. We had plenty of uh, RV hookups and stuff things for them so we're you know looking out for them that way i guess a little bit more of a concern about the younger generation more than ourselves we'll be all right yeah i think the uh similar things for the um for entertainment i think the older entertainers that have been around and are really well established are in the best position to survive this right but you know, I do worry about some of the younger ones, especially younger ones who are getting in and going, I've got a, you know, in my case, my equipment now that it's paid off, it sits in the garage, it sits in storage, ready to go out at a moment's notice the next time we have a fair. Right. But I worry about people that have, you know, like Jimmy, who's got the sea lion show and people with the pig races and right. those animals still got to eat. They still need veterinary care. They're still overhead. And so I worry for them and, and how they make it through. Um, but as far as you guys as concessionaires go, I know a number of fairs around the country have done a variety of things like arranging a fair food drive through. Have you been able to do something like that um, to raise any more revenue this year? Well, I know that the Wisconsin State Fair, the one young lady that was staying with us has a, a food concession at the Wisconsin State Fair and their drive through was very, very, very successful. Good. She was ecstatic, which was, was great. The only event that uh, we did that had was Georgia National Fair and Perry had the, they had a flavor of the fair, October 15th through the 18th, then November 5th through the 8th. And people could come in the West Gate. They had about 16 vendors. That was it. We were spread out. The, the, the patrons could come through the West Gate, no, no admission fee, come and get food. And they also promoted that they could bring blankets and their own chairs. We could not provide seating because there's some different lakes in that, on that fairgrounds. And so that was, it paid a bill. It paid some wages. You're not going to buy equipment off of that, but it was like, and it helped me make my decision how I was going to logistically get my equipment to Florida when this was going on. So, I mean, they, that was, there was a, there was a, there was a need from the community and we were fortunate enough to be part of that. And we're thankful for that. So then that turned out, I mean, it was fine. It's not the fair, but Hey, you know, in these times you sort of, you're thankful for what you have. So is the government up there in Wisconsin doing anything to support small businesses like yours? They have a great, there's a grant business. I haven't really investigated it. Um, but I don't, I'm really not aware of any program per se, um, not offhand. Yeah, no, it seems like it, states are, are varied and like even here in New Mexico, there was a, you know, a small business grant that I forget, might've been the state, it might've been the chamber of commerce. I forget who came up with it, but then right. I looked, I looked at it and I'm like, well, you had to have, I think one of them, you had to have like a minimum of three employees or something. And I'm going, well, I, you know, that doesn't really cover the self-employed guy out there. Well, um, I know the PPP program worked out for us. We were able to take advantage of that. So good, good. payroll and, 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 and things. I have a brother that's a banker that said, Hey, get on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My wife's um, aunt in down in uh, South Louisiana works is 
processed God knows how many of these PPP applications. And right. she told us early on that to get on it. And now, I mean, we, we got a little bit on it. It wasn't a lot. Right. I mean, it, it might have replaced one fair, depending if it was a small fair. <laughs> um, right, right. But, yeah, the, right. I, you know, I, I just don't know with the way the, the government's worked out lately and how Congress is fighting over things. I just don't know if there'll be a second round. We don't even know. Our, our credit union's telling us not to file for the forgiveness just yet because the SBA and Congress are, are changing rules on it all the time. Mike, my, my, funny you say credit union. My credit union said the same thing. He just said, we're not even going to worry about it for another year. They haven't agreed on anything and what the stipulations are. Yeah. And my brother just says, the amount you got, don't worry about it. it was, it's not a big amount. Yeah, no, I think in the big scheme of things, the the amount that we had, um, it's well on well under when they're starting to hear talk of a threshold for anything that meets is at a certain threshold and below. I forget it was like a hundred thousand dollars and below, they may right. just forgive automatically. Right. And, and, that's and so sort of the, the the same uh, same information I've been told. Yeah, but it it's frustrating though, because I'm one of those people that you know, worst case scenario, if it doesn't get forgiven, then I have a loan now that's at 1% or whatever, one and a half, whatever it was going to be instead of, I don't know, a 16% credit card. So maybe that's better. But for me, the, the uncertainty is starting to stack up. I mean, how are you feeling looking forward going? Yeah, you've, you've been invited back to go to these fairs in Florida in January, February and, and the end of February, but there's a lot of uncertainty out there for this industry right now. How are you feeling about that? I uncertain <laughs> um, answered my own question, <laughs> but I, you know, for, for example, and I, I feel for, for example, when they shut down Miami Dade, these people already had stock and didn't even get a day in, in the sale. They had stock and, and the, the purveyors had all this stock built up and suddenly bang, it shut down. Well, I, I get all my cheeses fresh from Wisconsin. I mean, I deal directly with Wisconsin. So I'm like, I'm looking at inventory. In fact, I talked to my cheese broker, last week and I gave him an order for all my Florida fairs and I don't have it. I have very little carryover in inventory from the fall, just based upon we didn't do very much. And I'm like, okay, that's a thousands of dollars. And it's like, okay, it gets shipped to Florida. You're all set to go. Oh, bang. Um, we're not having the fairs. That's, that's my biggest fear is like, I'll say, we're going to the same thing that happened in the spring. I'll say, you're all set up and everything. And then bang, nothing. And, and here you sit, you know, you have all this money invested and ready to go. And it's like, okay, it's uh yeah, I was, I, I was about to ask you, I mean, you can't as an entertainer. I mean, typically the most that we've got into it is maybe a flight if, right. or, or uh, you know, maybe we pay it in advance for a rental car. So we get a better deal, but you know, we're right. talking typically 600 bucks, maybe 800 bucks that we're in before the fair that we're committed what right. what is an, what does inventory cost look like for a typical concessionaire like before you go into a typical 10 day fair how much are you in before you even get there i'm a little bit atypical because of the product that i have i can't get from a fair foods or a cisco or a, a, one of those purveyors and so when i when i when i'm in florida january i have my cheese order for all of January, February, and March for those three months. So I'm not even talking one fair. I'm talking the whole, mm. the whole 
three month time period, I have, I have my stock. So it's not like if you order say potatoes or order hot dogs or whatever, it's not like, okay, I only need this much for this week. So I, cause I have a, have a refrigerated semi, like store all this, this in. So I have a much greater amount of money up front. So that's, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a challenge. Yeah, sure. And I know for a lot of the fairs that we've spoken with, you know, think about Miami, they were like right. an hour, 30 minutes or so from opening. Right. Same thing happened in Vero beach, you know, and I think about that and I say, you know, they had already spent their marketing dollars. Like they're on their sure. case, all their TV ads, their, you know, billboards, yeah. their Facebook advertising, all of that. That's already cash out of the pocket. It's gone. And right. then, and then have the government come in 30 minutes before you open and say, you're not opening. Right. That's a, no, that it's, kills. It's, yes. And I'm, yeah, no, no ROI on, on your advertising. It's just, yeah, it's gone. They throw money into the wind. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And I really think that if the fairs are open, I really, I'm looking forward to the fairs are open in Florida. I really think that we're going to have a busy fair. I, a little side story up here in, in where, where I live in road, they have a track at called road America when the, best four mile road courses in the US. There's Indy cars or NASCAR, whatever. I was speaking with uh, the guy that has the year round concessions there and he's had it for 10 years. And he said in June, they have a June sprints activity when the peak of all this COVID and everything else, he said he had his best year in 2020 at this June sprints in 10 years because people could come out, everybody was locked down. So 640 acres at this facility. And I really, I honestly feel that uh, people are going to come out. They're like uh, the general, even, even when we were in Perry, Georgia for the flavor of the fair, you know, you talk about mask and whatever, of course we mask up working in the trailer, but the patrons, I would say 25 to 30% of them had masks. And it was like normal operating. People didn't have this look of panic or fear or anything. And I think people realize it's out there. We have to deal with it. Let's be smart, but let's not shut us down. Right. Yeah. And that, I mean, we're, we're dealing with that in New Mexico. We're in our second um, full scale shutdown. Now all non-essential businesses have to close. Although the governor updated her order that um, large retailers are allowed to remain open. And one of the local TV stations called the health department and said, what is a large retailer? And their response was, a large retailer is a large retailer. You know it when you see it. And <laughs> I just thought, man, what a big F you to give to the mom and pop shops, the small businesses in the state of New Mexico. I mean, that, that kind of thing is devastating. And yet here we are shut down again. And I'm telling you, Randall, literally 100% of the places I go, 100% of people are wearing masks. I just don't see anybody not wearing masks. And even if they aren't in some places, what I don't understand is we have far higher percentage of people wearing masks now than we did in March, April, May. And yet our numbers are, we, I mean, we had over 2000 cases yesterday when we were running March, April, May, when we shut the whole thing down and we had mass panic and oh my gosh, we were only running 200 cases a day. So we've got, you know, 10 times the number of cases, but we've got way more people wearing masks. I don't understand what, I don't get it. I don't know where the numbers are coming from. I, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, 
to me the I don't know what to say. I know we're we're supposedly in this hot spot here in Wisconsin right now. Sure, you go to the grocery store, you go get feel for you, you go in a building, you put a mask on, but overall everybody's just carrying on and you wash your hands and wear your mask and and I think I just saw on Wall Street Journal the other day that they said 80 or 85, I could be incorrect, but a high percentage of people that are testing positive were mask wearers anyhow. And so, okay, I, I really think what's it's come to is that, okay, I got the mask in my back pocket. I have it hanging in my car. It's been sitting there for, you know, been for two weeks. It's not like you're taking one out of a sanitary. Everybody's putting right. a mask on that's been hanging out in their back pocket or whatever. And, and I don't know. All I, all I know is I really feel that people want to get on with their lives, respect the virus, understand, you know, it, it's out there, but let's uh, have a little faith in people. Yeah. And I, I think it's, you know, whenever I go to the grocery store here, they won't let you in if you don't have a mask on. And if you were to take a mask off in indoors, um, like there was one, one gal who was pushing her kid in a cart in the produce section at Walmart a couple weeks ago. And the little girl, I don't know, she's probably four, pulls her mask yeah. down. And the associate just says, you know, sorry, ma'am, I, could you have make sure your daughter keeps her mask on? And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah no problem. And right. I mean, kids are going to do that. They're little. They fidget. They, you know, but everybody's wearing masks. So my thing is I just sit here going, OK, if masks work, if Disney World can open, it may not right. be open glamorous with full everything going on. But if Disney World can manage it. I think there's a good chance that we can manage it in our industry. You know, oh, we some easily. protocols, we may need some protocols, but right. It, it, we'll, we'll get through it. I, I know from a personal standpoint, we for years have had uh, um, sanitizer at our, at our counters. Cause I felt it was always something that attracted a, a customer say with kids here, you sanitize your hands before you eat this fried cheese that would, bring someone back you take that extra step of cleanliness that's i really think that that and, and the people that are concerned about or have compromised immune system that maybe they unfortunately they need to stay home or stay in a, a safer environment but I, I can honestly tell you when we were in perry georgia i mean there they had the second november there was uh the national high school rodeo was going on and those kids were carrying on with life i mean even even like i said even the patients that came was 25 percent, 25 30 percent wearing masks and that's, that's fine they they chose to do that but they came people brought chairs and blankets and they sat around and hung out and i was i brought a lot got a lot of bags for to-go orders like for people to go back to their vehicle and whatever i didn't go through near the near the bags for to-go orders that i thought we, we would a lot of people got their food and they just found a place in the grass to sit down and ate their food. You know, they didn't go back to, and everybody kept distance. And I think, I think people are aware of it and, and give the human race a little credit. They, they understand it's out there. The, the dictatorial decrees are a little bit, that's where people become frustrated. Well, I, I can guarantee you it's where we get frustrated out West. If you look at the history of the United States, if you look at westward expansion, um, other than the gold rush when people were going for for the money, 
Right. Yeah. Most people went West, you know, they left the safety of Baltimore and Philadelphia, New York city. They left the safety of that city to come into an unknown West because they wanted to be left alone. And that, that attitude is still very much in the West. We don't tell us what to do. It's a very, it's, it's why when I looked at my schedule and all the fairs were canceling, I looked and I said, this one fair in Texas is going to be the one that goes. If any of them go, it'll be this. And sure enough, that was the case. Um, I think though that I've got, I have faith in people. I've, I'm, I bet big on humans. And I think if you just explain it instead of wagging your finger, like our governor does, if you just explain it and say, here's the thing now she's trying to explain it, but I think she's lost people that are like, whatever, we're not even listening now because it does seem very dictatorial. And, uh, you know, I think we lose maybe some context because people want to compare it to the flu and they say, well, this, there's more cases of this and it's more deadly and that, well, we never have tested for influenza the way we, could you imagine if every season we tested for influenza, the way we're testing for, you would have way more cases of influenza and people would be like, oh my God, it's an influenza pandemic. I think we just need to chill and make sure wash your hands, right? Stay. If you're not feeling well, stay away from others wear a mask when you're out in public, like yeah, Pennsylvania's governor now says, if you have anyone in your home, you have to wear a mask in your own home. Yeah, really? I know. It's like, that's not going to happen. And the only Wisconsin, re- oh, excuse me. I was just going to interject. Yeah, go ahead. In Wisconsin, the governor now says you cannot have more than 10 people of the same family in your home. What are you going to have people come around? Oh, there's a lot of cars there. We're going to come and come and count the bodies in your I, home. I don't, I, that doesn't no listen if they can show me if you can show me data that says yo all of these cases are because people are having parties in their home okay well then maybe you need to work on some enforcement there exactly i just i don't i don't know there's a lot of unknown and the uncertainty um you know of the future i think starts to get to people um as far as the future goes for you guys with concessions as you're talking affairs on your 2021 route, are you seeing any changes in contracts, insurance requirements, or anything like that to make you, quote, COVID safe? I have not. Um, I received my Tampa contracts on the Florida State Fair. They look pretty standard. And the same thing with uh, the Fort Myers and the West Palm. They're, I'm receiving them any day now. I, just, I spoke on the phone with them last week. But I, I think... Uh, that's going to be more determined by the health department. When we, for example, when we were in Perry, Georgia, they wanted us, we didn't have to have the plastic shield in front as long as, but because we had our air screens, but they wanted the, the people in, in, to wear masks serving the people. And I, we said, what about us that are, uh, that are frying the food? Do we need to wear masks here? And she's like, well, yeah, you're not six feet apart. And she sort of hesitated and then I'm like, well, we're all living together. It was my wife, Tyler and I were staying in the same living quarters. She's like, Oh, well then don't worry about it. Cause you're all, we're all <laughs> living together in the same venue anyhow. So, I mean, it's, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a health department ruling that the, the fairs are going to have to work with. And trust me, we get inspected everywhere we go 25 plus times a year. Every health department has their own little, little idiosyncrasies or little quirks that they want something done this way or that way that we need we adapt to. So it'll be interesting 
you know, Georgia was one of the first states to be opened, and they aren't having a hot spot anymore. I almost feel like they've they've gone through that. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Now, when you're dealing with, uh, you know, as a concessionaire, one of the dirtiest things you can possibly deal with is cash. Are you seeing any run affairs that are switching to cashless, or where's that at with your route? Uh, we yeah, we take we take plastic, of course. Uh, anybody who doesn't know is foolish and, and with, we, I will say we did about 40, 43% of our sales was with plastic at this, uh, flavor of the fair in Perry, Georgia. Okay. And each, each of the last five years, a use of plastic is getting stronger and stronger. I mean, you know, it's, it's like you follow good, uh, sanitation procedures in dealing with cash. And I don't see cash ever going away per se. I, I think I think it's best for the customer if you take it all, if it's cash or plastic. I mean, because every customer is different. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess then you just kind of make sure that the procedure being is uh, whoever's running the register and is handling that cash doesn't turn around and then handle the food. You're making sure that you're oh, right. sanitizing and washing hands and everything before you touch food or drink or anything like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, probably the biggest thing is might be we have a self-serve drinks, drink system where we give the person the cup and uh, they fill their own drink. The refill situation might vary from state to state. I know that was a big thing in Wisconsin uh, at your gas stations that nobody could fill their own cup or, or you know they had to have somebody do it for you but we did not have a problem with that and a couple of things events where tyler set up in uh his garden centers in indiana and in georgia there was no problem with the refill you know because it was so that's going to be like that's going to vary state to state so we're going right. to deal with it accordingly so in some of these states where you do have refill issues um, do you, I guess your machine is, is facing out from the trailer and they can right. shoot it themselves. Do you just turn it around and then you fill them inside if with those situations? I wish it was that easy. I, I didn't, I don't know how the trailer set up. I'm assuming it doesn't <laughs> work. It's not so simple. Do is I would, I would have a person man it and then they would fill the cup for the person and have a barrier and, and work it. Yeah, I would, we would adapt. It's what we do. Right. We don't always like it, but right. we adapt. Well, and a lot of people that have been guests on the show have, have talked about so far that this is the the fair industry and agricultural industry. There's probably no industry better suited to adapt than ag because they, whether it's H1N1 and all these health regulations they're always dealing with, they spend their lives adapting. So to be told this is just a bigger adaptation, they just roll with it. Right. Um, I remember when the E. coli thing was a big thing. And I remember being in Vegas and in a presentation, it's like 10, 12 years ago. I can't remember how many years ago, but you know, it was like, now you see uh, sanitation stations outside of the, the barn areas where you didn't see them maybe 15 or 20 years ago. Right. People to wash their hands and whatever. That's, that was the adaptation there. Well, I mean, we, we all adapt. We, we all right. change. And, and I personally think, you know, I started my business really in the fair industry in the shadow of the 2008 recession. I'd been performing in the fair since like 2004, a little bit, some fairs and festivals, but November 2009 was my first IFE convention and Arizona Fairs convention. 
Uh And that was coming right out of that, you know, that whole mortgage meltdown crisis. And a lot of businesses were going out. And yet I built out from that a successful business. And I think my gut feeling is once this is under control, and it might be another 18 to 36 months, but for those of us that do survive it, I think we're going to see a new dawn of success in this industry. Because as you said earlier, there are so many people that will have been locked down for so long, they will be desperate to go out and feel normal and do things with their family again. I agree. And, and when you refer to that time period, 2008, 2009, the fair industry actually did very well because suddenly people were not spending $5,000 to go to Disney World. You got Instead it. Going to fair, local fair once, they'd go three times and spend $500. And I think the same thing is going to be People are less apt to travel further away. They're going to they're gonna take in their lo- local events instead of maybe going once to the local events, go three times. Yep. And I really, that's that's what I, especially for the, the, the their county fairs, the state fairs, I think people, that's more a one-time trip or two-time trip, but I really see that. I mean, it, it depends on how the fairs cultivate uh, their client base, but I really think that that's, you know, they had a, a stay, staycation model back in 2008 2009 as one of the you know programs with the recession i think it's going to be the same thing here get out and play yep i think that's the reason i was able to build a successful business coming out of that is so many people like you said they weren't going to sea world they weren't going on a cruise they weren't taking right. a trip to europe they were like we're gonna go to the fair we're gonna go to the movies a few extra times they they focused, they tightened their, their group up, their family group up, and they did things more locally. So my gut feeling is that happens again. I just think it's going to take a little longer this time because being a health scare, I think we really could be looking at 18 to 36 months before people genuinely feel safe and just, you know, the mask thing is going to go away. It might last for two more years. You know, the, the 1918 pandemic, they were in mass for three years and, and people forget that. Um, but that'll all go away. And I think for those of us that are still left standing, I think there will be a lot of success in the future. If we can just be patient and ride this out. I, I believe so too. And I, I believe the masks. you will see them even 10 years from now, you'll see people wearing masks just because of this health scenario. Um, I have faith will, will, will be out. It'll, it'll work itself out. Is it convenient? No definitely inconvenient but it'll come out stronger because of this i i firmly believe that and i i feel that it's not the end of the world it's like let's get back outside let's get out living our lives and just be a little more a little wiser in how we go about doing things yeah i and you know i think uh, to a great extent in the united states for the last um for sure since the 2008, but really I think as a nation since September 11th, I think we've had it really good. I think it's been re- economically been really good times. Even 2008, when you look at it, it was just kind of a, ultimately a little, a hiccup. Um, but I think this is a good thing in the long run because we've got younger generations that have never truly been punched in the mouth at collectively been taken down. They haven't really had to deal with, with, war um they haven't had to deal with real crises and now we've got an opportunity where hopefully some of these younger people go look at this we're going to develop some resiliency every generation's got it 
at some point something right. happens to every generation and i still as bad as COVID is i'm like thank god it's not world war ii you know oh no doubt I, no doubt i'm a I'm a little older. I, I remember the era when they eliminated the draft. So I didn't have to worry about that. That was, you know, with the Vietnam war. And that was like, you know, just looking what that generation went through. Yep. We have been very, very fortunate. And I believe that people are, I think people have saved. They haven't gone out as much. There's, there's money that they'll want to spend. There's money that they've become, okay, we need to make sure we put money aside, but they're going to have money to spend because because they haven't they haven't gone to a concert a sporting event anything outdoors yeah yeah it's been really crippling for a lot of people i know for me to it, the business side is one thing that i i i pay attention to it but i don't worry too much because like i said my stuff's my act is paid for my attractions are paid right. for when as soon as fair say all right green light we're going i'm back in um, right but i worry for uh, for people like me and other folks that are on the other side of things where they are, they're just naturally extroverted people. We're very outgoing, very social creatures. Right. And I swear, I used to kind of giggle at my friends that are introverts when they would come to our, you know, our neighbors that are introverts, they'd come to our holiday parties or whatnot. And you could tell they'd be there for like a half hour and they'd be like, all right, we're going to bounce. And it was always kind yeah. of a giggle. Like everybody's having a good time. Why are you leaving? And you never realized how uncomfortable they were until now being the extrovert being locked up in my house for right, months yeah. on end, I'm like, it, it's physically painful. It gets to the point where it physically hurts. And so my empathy right. for, for introverts in social situations has gone through the roof. And uh, <laughs> I, I, so I worry for people how much longer we're going to be locked down. I think it has a, a negative effect on people, uh, especially those of, the, of us that are real outgoing for you personally, how are you holding up through 2020? We've talked about your business side. What about you personally? I, I got more golf in this summer than I, than I ever did. Actually, my priorities. Wife, yeah. No, my wife looked at me. Uh, it was about July when all this was going down. I think we got when Indiana indicated they weren't state fair indicated they weren't going to happen. She just looked at me. I'm 61 years old. She looked at me. She's a few years younger. She says, you know what? Maybe this is our summer of practice retirement, and uh, that's that's how I looked at it. I, I we're fortunate that we have we have a farm. We like I said, we went out to Montana for, for no Indiana State Fair. We we took the horses. We went out to Montana, um, went through some areas that I drove through when I used to do the Calgary Stampede, and we we rode horses for a couple weeks. So it was. I was telling my wife yesterday is the first time. I've seen fall in Wisconsin in over 30 plus years. We've been at our place for 24 years where you could see the actual leaves change and whatever. And it just dawned on me the other day, I was going somewhere. It's like, huh, it was sort of nice. It's, it was almost like, a, I feel like it's just a sabbatical and now I'm getting re rejuvenated to come back. You've been at this, when you've been at it this long, you know, there are things that, okay, another contract again, you, you can become a little bit mundane. I really feel like I'm getting re-energized. Yeah. See, I think there's some real silver linings to this. There's a thing that goes across Facebook that I see every now and then or Instagram, and it's something to the effect of when this is all over, if you're the same person you were when it started, then you messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like for me, 
the struggle early on was what was my purpose going to be? I mean, like you, you're a concessionaire. It's where's the contract? Where's the, how do we, how do we go feed right. people for me? It's how do I go entertain people? How do I get that moment for me? Right. It's the personal fulfillment that is conjure fortune machine hands, the person, the fortune card. And as they read it, as they, they walk away from the machine, I see them out of the corner of my eye and they stop dead in their tracks, having read something that just meant a lot to them. Right. How do I get that moment? And I don't right now. I can't. There's no fortune machine to have. So for me, that purpose became, uh, you know, three or four weeks ago when Sarah and I decided we need to get this podcast going and tell people's 2020 stories. This has been okay. my purpose is sharing this information. And I, I, it's not going to get a million listens, but if it gets 50 listens, if it gets one listen, right, one is more than zero and I'll take that. I, yeah, and to reiterate, reiterate your point, even with our product, our hot Wisconsin cheese, when I put a 40 pound block cheese on the counter and you're, you're cutting it up, it's, it's not just, you're not just feeding people, you're entertaining, even from a food concession standpoint, we, you know, so you're, you're cutting up this 40 pound block of cheese and these kids are go, walking by like they've never seen a hunk of, a, a hunk of cheese that, that large, or the person's rolling cinnamon rolls, that's all part of the entertainment value and and so, okay, I see maybe 1% of the total attendees at the fair that I serve. Okay, what's my little wow that I can bring them back to the fair that helps the overall fair? Hey, I had this product, man. It was great. It was excellent. You know, they were, it was real cheese. They were cutting. That's what you were referring to, too. It's like, okay, you see them bite into it. It's like, yes. I mean, a little dirty little secret. I'll always check trash cans and I always see our, our food trays are always empty. It isn't like they're thrown it halfway. Right. They're a little bit wide that way. Okay. <laughs> That's one way to, I guess, to be sure is if you're, you're walking around and you peek at a couple trash cans and your, your tray is empty versus maybe nachos that are still half full. Right. No, I know it's, it's <laughs> sort of, but it, there's, but there's that, there's that effect that, Hey, the Wisconsin cheese, you know, or whether it's a, a, another food item, they can only get it here. Like we're, we're fortunate we have, our product has not been Walmarted out yet, as I call it. For sure. You know, you know, you can get cotton candy now or caramel apples you can get at a Walmart. Yeah. You, you can get Girl Scout cookies food. now. All the Girl Scout right. cookies, every, either, oh, either, either, either Walmart brand, you know, Sam's or Great Value, whatever their brand is. Yeah. Or uh, Keebler, somebody is making a version of a, of a Girl Scout cookie. I mean, the the fair industry is unique to themselves, and I sometimes I'll see fair management make some decisions, and it's like I I, I might in my mind I'll question, okay, don't you realize what you have here? Why are you trying to be something else? You know, embrace what you are and what you have. Yep. And even through all of this, th this, and I. I listen to some other podcasts you had and you hit a hammer on the nail. We don't promote ourselves enough as we should. I mean, and I'll say that as a concessionaire, you, you, you say, refer to a food truck and you were going to get our hair up on our back. We're not a food truck. We're a concessionaire, but the food truck through social media created a phenomena, a perception to the general public. They're not, we may know the specifics of it, but to the general public, we're a food truck. And that's one thing that with this, this uh, pandemic, the people that are in the concession business 
started doing some things as a food truck, setting up uh, different places, and, and we knew how to move people. Food trucks are notorious for being slow. We're, we come from a business where we can serve good food, good food and move people fast. Yeah, speed translates directly to profits in your line of work. Yes, and uh, right. I mean, you see someone with a long line at a fair, some people say they're busy, and I'm looking at them going, they're losing money. You know, get it out. Yeah, get them in. You got to turn them fast. I mean, that's right. It's it's no different for me when I do conjure machine. I there's you know if I'm out for thirty minutes or if I'm out for an hour or whatever I'm out for, uh, you know, three or four times a day. I want as many people as possible gathered up so that if the fair manager walks by, they go, oh, because they're going to see it and go, he's a really popular attraction. That's right. good for me. At the same time, the other flip side of that coin is. I got to get as many of those people through in that time. And if I'm talking to people, you know, figure an average of, of 30 seconds, 20 seconds per individual coming up right. finite, just like with you, there's a fight. You can open a second window, but even then there is a finite number of people that you can process through your, your trailer. And how do you maximize that is always the question. Right. Or when do you go to a third window? When do you go to a fourth? One? It's, it's right. It's uh but it's, and that's, this has created some opportunities. I, I know that uh, our young man, Tyler, that, that he's probably going to drop a, a county fair and replace it with where he did at this garden center. We did uh, two weekends and gross way more money and way less cost. And he was a few miles from his house. Yep. I mean, you, you're learning things as you go here. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, we're Randall about out of time and I appreciate you being on the show. Before we go, everyone I bring on the show, I ask them a series of speed round questions. So I'm going to ask okay. you a handful of questions and you just give me your best answer for each. You ready? All right. Question number one, what's your favorite thing about the fair? The atmosphere, the buzz. The bu yeah, there's always a good energy buzz. at fairs. Yeah, the energy. You're a food guy, so this one's for you. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No. Tell all the Canadians no. <laughs> Favorite concert you've ever attended? Uh, I just saw the Steel Drivers a couple 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 years ago. In nice. local, it was yeah. Coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. How do you take it? Well, I'm a Wisconsin guy. Heavy on the cream. iPhone or Android? iPhone. And if money was no issue for you, what's the first place you would travel when the pandemic ends? Oh, I'm going up to Canada, going fishing where I've gone many, many times. I need to get out on the water, get, me, get myself some walleyes. I feel you on that only. My water is in Key Largo, Florida, and I will be gotcha. underneath it scuba diving. Ah. <laughs> uh, Randall, certainly there's a, I'm sure there's concessionaires out there that might hear this and want to reach out to you and brainstorm some ideas or something with you sure. on the future of concession business. If folks want to reach you, where can they find you? Uh, we have a Facebook page, Hot Wisconsin Cheese, or at Randy Reichert at yahoo.com. Randall, I wish you well through the holidays. Thanks for being on the show today. I'm glad you could be with us. Yeah, happy holidays to you and your family also. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.